0: This is Retirement Roadmap Radio with Mark Fricks of Master Plan Retirement Consultants. Listen in as we address your retirement concerns and provide insight to help put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, Retirement Roadmap Radio.
1: Hi folks, welcome back to Retirement Roadmap with Master Plan Retirement Consultants. My name is Evan Fricks, and with me as always, Financial Planner and Investment Advisor Representative Mark. What is your retirement risk number? What is a risk number? Simply put, it's a scale from 1 to 100 that determines the amount of risk you are willing to accept on your invested assets. Lower numbers are conservative. The higher the number, the more risk one is willing to accept. Now. Risk is not just defined by loss, although that is a large part of it. It's more a measure of an investment's volatility or the frequency to move up and down. More aggressive portfolios would have a higher risk number, while defensive portfolios would have a lower risk number. These are There are questionnaires and resources to determine your own risk number. So the question is, what is your risk number and why? Sh- what should your risk number be in retirement, Mark? <laughs> I got through there. <laughs> That's a a lot of
0: questions and information there. So um, it's very interesting because so many people that come to see us, even if they're working with someone, Mm -hmm. don't really know what their risk tolerance is. They've never been given a test. They've never been, uh, it's never been discussed with them. So many brokers and advisors simply look at somebody and say, okay, you're 45. Therefore, you need to be a 62 Mm -hmm. or whatever, which is ridiculous Mm -hmm. because it has nothing to do with, with age, it has a little bit to do with age, but that's just one piece of the puzzle. You know, so many people come in with their statements, and and I'll, I'll ask them. So, how do you feel like you are? Do you feel like you're more conservative? Oh, I'm conservative. I look at their portfolio, and I'm going, well, you're not. You know, invested conservatively, you're invested aggressively, or whatever. And a lot of times they won't realize it until somebody like we pointed out, or perhaps the market drops by twenty percent and they lose eighteen, and they wonder why. Uh, I thought I was conservative, and then that type of thing. So, you know, it's one thing if you're doing a four hundred one k at work and you're twenty five or thirty five years old. You know, just all in the market you know and be certainly being more than one fund being many many funds as you know and anybody that listens to our classes and workshops knows I'm not a big fan of the life cycle funds but if you're if you're somebody that's never going to touch it never look at it they're fine long-term, I prefer somebody like us taking a look at it and saying, okay, these are the 12 funds you need because they have the best history, they have the best diversification, there's some large cap, small cap, things like that. But what we do, as you know, uh, Evan, and you may get to this later, is we actually give a risk tolerance test to every one of our clients, uh, two different formats, and we also then discuss it with them. It's not just a matter of, okay, you answered these 12 questions, but it's also a matter of, so so tell me why you answered it this way or that way, and, and, and how would you feel about this? And, and and so forth and so on. So coming up with that that number, that general number is important because it kind of sets expectations. If somebody comes in with a score of 50, I can I can give them the expectations. Well, this is probably what you'll earn. This is and as you mentioned in the in, in your opening comments, it's not just about, hey, this is averaged 8% for 20 years, but you know it's not linear, mm-hmm. right? So this year it made 12. Next year maybe it loses. 14. And so can you t- can you take that volatility or, or does your risk tolerance score uh, go deeper and say, you know, uh, I would like to average eight, but I don't think I can handle a negative 12 in one year. Well, then we need to dial back some on that particular investment. So there's a lot more into it than just, hey, it's average this. Mm. It's also that volatility scale because that's when people get scared when they see the market down 20 and their account's down 18 or 16 or whatever, and they start freaking out. And without an advisor to talk them off the cliff, so to speak, uh, bad investor behavior. They start making moves they shouldn't make. You know, the worst time to sell is when you're down, right? And so, um, and and then it also depends on, you know, the type of account, um, how long before retirement, how long before you need this money, things like that. So, so many different factors that come into that, which is why just going online, Answering twelve questions and some computer in the background says this is you, is really you know not a not a smart way to do it, especially if you're within ten years of retirement. Again, if you're twenty five or thirty five, do it all day long. Yeah. Okay. And and uh, you know still wouldn't uh, hurt to have guidance, but if you're getting ten years or less to retirement, um, then really needs to start you really need to start talking to somebody that understands risk, uh, that understands the many components of retirement, the holistic approach but talking about investments, it becomes much more complicated. And Mm -hmm. as we've talked about before, about having buckets and things like that, which we'll get into more here in a few minutes, but it is much more complicated than just, hey, I scored a 68, therefore I'm gonna
1: be in a 68, 32, you know, stocks to bonds Mm -hmm. type of portfolio. So what happens when you have two spouses with very different risk numbers? Yeah, so two ways to approach that. Typically they each have their own accounts. Mm -hmm.
0: So you could certainly say, okay, uh, you know one spouse is a, is a 68 let let's aim for 68 on his on his stuff or, or their stuff and then the other spouse is a 32 okay or what I prefer to do again because we are working with people that are getting closer to retirement is combining those scores. Um, and so and, and certainly on the one that has a lower score have more of her, or or his accounts being less aggressive and the other being more, but also want to kind of combine the household score too. So again, another layer of complexity to that, uh, that I think does make a lot of sense,
1: but it does take a little bit more work on, on our part to make sure we get it right. Yeah, and a little bit more of the overall picture. It's not that, oh, I scored, I have a 56 as my risk score, so all my accounts are a 56. No, it's really more you're, you're aiming for that average among all of your accounts or buckets, as we like to call them. Maybe you have one account that's more aggressive, that's a higher risk number uh, to capture some of that growth, to, to, to beat some uh, some of that inflation, um, and then you balance that out with something that's more defensive in another bucket, um, and it's, it's really about the balance of your entire household. That's a great point. And it's also what that particular money is is for.
0: So, um, you you know, as we've talked about before, you know, a lot of people come to us with one or two big accounts, Mm -hmm. a 401k, a thrift savings plan or whatever, and it's the majority of their assets. And it's all kind of a 60-40 or whatever it may be. But when we start dividing that up for retirement into the appropriate, what are we using this money for? Then, you know, if this money is to buy a car in the next two years, You don't want to be a 60 out of 100 aggressiveness because in two years, that account could be down 15%. There goes your car, right? And so that one might be a 30 or 25 out of 100. But then this bucket over here for the 10 years away could be an 80. You combine those two together, though, you come back to the 60. Mm -hmm. So that's a great point. So people, you know, our average client probably has 8 to 12 buckets. And so they run the spectrum of the score. But when you put them all together, they come up with
1: that range of what they scored on their test, so to speak. That's a, it's a great point that we will continue to bring up in multiple episodes because it's important. Um, every bucket has a job. Every bucket is a specific tool. So yes, maybe one bucket is again for that aggressive growth to try to get some long-term growth or beat inflation or whatnot um, in the market more aggressive that's not an income bucket that's that's we need a, a protected uh, growth bucket or something like that if we're taking retirement income from uh, so it's very important that you have the specific tool for the specific job and that you stick with it
0: yep absolutely you know we tell the story all the time about you know building a house or whatever and, and i always asking class what's what's step one and most people say well um, uh, you you need uh, a foundation or whatever. And, and my joke is, well, you, you need land and a blueprint first, so you need a retirement roadmap. But yes, the foundation is the first part, and that's kind of like your big 401k. One job to dig a foundation is a shovel. That's really the only tool you need, backhoe, whatever. Kind of the same thing with the 401k. You just have one job, and that's to grow. But then as you start putting up the framework, work, you end up with six, eight, 12 different tools and it's the same thing when you start getting close to retirement, we need different tools for different jobs. As you sit up. this one's for income, it is a totally different looking account than the one that's long-term growth or short-term growth or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, that's why most of our clients have eight to 12 buckets. We've got a couple of clients that have more than 20 buckets. Yeah. We don't have paper big enough. To list on the different buckets <laughs> on there, so um, we need to find maybe like a newspaper print or something that we can put it on.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Well, we we do we do have a, a nearly flag sized papers for some <laughs> yeah. of those. Uh, so it's obvious. Um, you know, now that we discussed a little bit the importance of understanding your risk number um, in retirement, obviously the overarching goal is to um, not outlive your money, so that your your money lasts your entire life. We mentioned briefly um, why we don't take income. From the stock market, can you give us a brief recap? We've we've discussed it a little bit in previous episodes. Can we can we jump into yeah. that for a moment?
0: So so this is probably a term that very few of our listeners have heard because most advisors and brokers and financial salespeople don't know about it or mention it. And it's called the sequence, uh, the risk of sequence of returns. And all that means is is very simple: is the risk comes if you're taking money out of an account to live on. Uh, what's the return at that current moment? So if your account is, if you're taking income from a stock market account and it's down 20%, you're eating into your principal much quicker. And so let's say you retired in 2007 and you're taking income from the market. Well, what happened uh, in 2008 through 2010? The market lost 56% and you're taking money out. You're probably down 65 to 70% at the end of that time period. You're done. You're going back to work okay and so the the sequence of when you're taking that money out uh and we can't predict that Mm -hmm. right i mean i wish i could and if i could we'd be very popular people you know Mm -hmm. but we can't so instead we have stable protected buckets for the income as you mentioned earlier and then that stock market money has varying degrees of risk and so we go to the one if they need to take a vacation or buy a car we go to the one that's profitable at that point pull the profits Mm -hmm take care of it. But we can't do that with income. You know, you got to pay the power bill every month. You got to pay the mortgage or the car payment. That's got to be steady. That's got to be not subject to that sequence of
1: returns risk. Okay. I want to take a quick moment, folks, and um, remind you of our website, masterplanretire.com. Uh, go there. You can schedule your complimentary consultation with Mark. That's an opportunity for you to discuss your own retirement. We can run some reports for you, give you a 10,000 foot view of your own retirement. So masterplanretire.com. Check that out. Number 770-980-9262. I would also like to mention something special uh, for this week. We have an upcoming workshop in Marietta, Georgia. Um, That'll be January 25th and 27th. You can also register on our events page on our website, masterplanretired.com. We will be discussing tax planning in retirement. Um, how to beat the IRS, or unless you're with the IRS. We're, we're very, on your side. Very yeah, eye-opening. But, yeah. It really
0: is. People leave that class. They're like, you know, I did not realize the power of taxes and minimizing taxes. Yeah. And so it's really good. I hope to see you there. Um, uh, you, you attend. You get a complimentary copy of my book uh, that goes through the whole sequence and culture and, and uh, kind of the way we put all these plans together. Uh, through a storytelling method. Uh, But yes, certainly visit masterplanretire.com up at the top, the events tab, and you can actually register from right there.
1: So we'd love to see you there. Taxes and retirement. Check it out, folks. Uh, So jumping back in, um, we just talked about income from the stock market, how that's a really bad idea. Mm -hmm. Um, So why participate in the market at all with the volatility, especially with the other tools that can provide protected growth? Well, see, uh, so the, 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 buckets or accounts that can
0: provide protected growth for income um, don't make the same amount of uh, return. So maybe if the market has averaged, you know, 6 to 8 percent, these accounts may average 4 to 7 percent. So you're not getting the growth. So it's not necessarily keeping up with inflation. It may be breaking even with inflation. Um, But as we know, Social Security doesn't keep up with inflation. A lot of pensions don't keep up with inflation and so you need something that does keep up with it as you mentioned. So if we're averaging six uh, to eight percent in a market account and we actually average better than that based on the methods we use, then and inflation's averaging three to four, we're getting double or more than inflation. so that's our inflation protection bucket. Mm-hmm. so we gotta stay there.
1: Yeah. Uh, we got
0: some of our money's gotta stay there for sure.
1: yeah. Well, um, some of those tools that we use, some of those methods uh, are actively managed accounts. Can you describe what those are?
0: Yeah, so a very, very cool concept. This has been around now for about 25, 30 years, but a lot of firms have not moved a lot to it because it kind of goes away from their standard of how they make money, which is commissions. And so what we've done is we've taken uh, money managers that uh, have basically built programs with over 100 years of the stock market history in them, and so due to the, uh, the power and, and storage capacity of the modern computer, in seconds, these are able to run the algorithms of investments, and they can say, you know, before this drops a certain amount, let's get out of it, as opposed to um, this has already dropped, let's get out of it. And so based on research, and this is solid research, these actively managed accounts using computer-driven trades have averaged 3 to four, uh, three to 4% better return with uh, less risk than the S&P. And, so, um, and there's no commissions, uh, no trading calls. So it's basically just fee-based. Mm-hmm. And so as the account grows... Uh, you're happy, but we also, if we're getting 1% to manage it, then uh, 1% of 100,000 is better than 1% of 75,000. So we're happy too. We're all in the same boat. We all have the same goals. And so they have proven, and that's all we use now is actively managed accounts and portfolios. Uh, we have um, a few hundred portfolios to choose from, uh, probably 40 or 50 money managers. We know which one does what based on what your needs are. And so, um, you know, um. As opposed to somebody in an ivory tower, um, you know, over some big, you know, name brand uh, sending an email to all their brokers around the U.S. saying, we've researched and we think Coke's going to have a good year. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Well, okay, but, you know, it didn't have a good year in 2008, even though they said they would. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I say. I like driving.
1: By looking the, through a rear mirror, mirror yeah.
0: as opposed to looking ahead, what do we
1: think is gonna happen next? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, the simple fact of the matter is uh, the market is not what it used to be as far as volatility. There was a point uh, back before the 2000s that you could rely on the stock market for steady growth. Just yeah. buy
0: and hold was, was very popular. Vanguard was very popular. So I wrote down some numbers here. So from 1980 through 1999, the average return I'll take that. I'll take that every day of the week and and twice on Sunday. The worst loss over those 20 years, a negative 9.73. It doesn't even seem real. It doesn't. It it, it really doesn't. But since the year 2000 through the end of last year, instead of averaging 17, the market has averaged just over 6%. Unbelievable. The worst loss, a negative 38%. Of course, that was 2008 and so the market, if you look at the graph, the volatility of the last 23 years, unbelievably greater than the previous 20 years and even the years before that. And a lot of people say, why, what do we, is it going back? No, the volatility is gonna remain the same because of, I think, three basic reasons. Number one, world, uh, world economy. Mm-hmm. So what happens in Ukraine does affect us. What happens in Russia does affect us, okay? Number two is, I think, the computer trading. We're getting out in nanoseconds while everybody else uh, that's managing their own accounts or they have a broker doing the old fashioned way, lingers around for weeks, It's too late to make a change. Mm-hmm. You've already missed the boat. I think the third reason might be social media. Mm. Uh, you know, kind of a water cooler, uh, multiplied hundreds of thousands of times, right? Where the, you the, stand standing around the water cooler saying, you yeah. should buy this and you should sell that. And, and Or the game, was it GameStop? The Reddit
1: water cooler, uh, <laughs> as it were, with yeah, GameStop. Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah, where they got you know, social media to get everybody to buy it at the same time, drive the price up, and then the ones that drove that process got out and left everybody else losing a lot of money,
1: social media driven. Well, I mean, look, media period, entertainment. I mean, look at yep. um, when, remember, it was it feels forever ago now, but when Elon Musk was on Saturday Night Live, his <laughs> Tesla likes and SpaceX, just tank, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's true. I mean, we are we are driven culturally by our entertainment. Well, and, that, and all these talking fact.
0: heads. I mean, they're on TV. Their their number one goal is to sell ad space. Mm-hmm. So you do that by being kind of over the top. Mm-hmm. And so that's why is it Kramer is always screaming and, and and all that kind of stuff. Or the the people here have the, all the analytics, and we think this is going. They don't know.
1: Well, when you're when you're in the business of eliciting responses, don't be surprised when you elicit an re- emotional response <laughs> exactly. from somebody. Yeah. Exactly. I used to have a client that he
0: watched that religiously, and he would come in and say, well, I just heard so-and-so say we need to, and I, I finally I got to the point, I said, you just need to manage your own money. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, apparently you've got better ideas than we do, and, and so <laughs> it was just one of these parting of the ways. It wasn't worth it after a year. I was just like, you know, I'm— I, you either use our methods or you don't, and and God bless him. I've not kept up with him. I hope he's done well. But you can't manage your portfolio by listening to um, these news shows and uh, reading Facebook. Yeah. Uh, it just it because everybody has a different opinion,
1: and most of them are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know everything being um, so algorithm driven by an algorithms with the tradings and everything else, uh, which is why we use algorithms for our trading, and that's happening in nanoseconds. There's a really interesting. Um, Story that you've spoke maybe not on the episode, but um, on the trade floor, there was that big lawsuit between yeah. two companies. Yeah,
0: I wish I could remember what two companies it might have been—Merrill Lynch and and um, Goldman Sachs, or some two of the big players. And so uh, I, I visited the 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 floor of, the, of Wall Street uh, a couple of years ago, and I was amazed that there weren't a bunch of people around. It was just a bunch of computers now. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not the old days when you get all these people shouting because it's all computer driven. And so basically there was a lawsuit between these two major players because one of their computers was like five feet closer to the mainframe than the other one. And you're talking about nanoseconds, their trade would technically get to the mainframe nanoseconds before the other company. So if they both placed the same trade, the price would change by the time the second one went there. That was an actual lawsuit. Five about, feet
1: of fiber optic cable. Exactly, you know, and so
0: hundreds of millions of dollars. It's, it's amazing, and, and so I don't I don't know the outcome. I don't know what happened. Maybe they pulled one back or pushed mm. one forward. I don't know, but that was a, that's a true story, and it just tells you that waiting on a phone call from a broker to talk to you about your Coke stock versus a computer making an instant decision is just, uh,
1: just a huge void. There's just a huge difference there. So circling back around to the risk number concept and, and uh, an individuals uh, risk tolerance. So how do you fund um, your allocation split or, or rather How do you know how to split uh, your allocations Uh, defensive versus aggressive income versus growth how do you determine your need
0: a lot of it's discussions with the client and what's coming up what are your goals when are you retiring what are you going to use this money for where are you going to be living uh, what are you planning on buying in the future or downsizing and all that and then i start with income because in retirement Without the income, uh, there's no good outcome, right? <laughs> and, and so we start with how do you produce the income? So we start setting up buckets to, to um, fill what we call the income gap. So, you know, maybe you have Social Security, you have a spouse with Social Security, maybe a small pension, but your need's here. So you have a gap here. How do we fill the gap? We fill the gap first because without income, nothing else matters. And that's guaranteed gap filler, okay? Then we look at the other money they have. And we begin looking at tax-free versus tax-deferred. We begin looking at short-term growth, long-term growth, different types of growth. Maybe some of it's value growth, some of it's um, uh, growth growth type of of deals, some of it's international, some of it is short-term, some of it's long-term. So it is a process. It's part of that whole planning. And I spend hours building that, then discussing with the client, going back and tweaking it, so it's, it's a two or three meeting process, but it's very critical.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and that's just one circle of what we do. We haven't even talked about tax planning today, estate planning, uh, all this other kind of stuff. But we start with income planning
1: and then build upon that to create that portfolio of all the different buckets or accounts. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the income summary is essentially a document that we create that is literally your retirement plan. Um, that is a sequence of years showing your income all the way from retirement to cool. win. COD. To see. Yeah, Checkout date. <laughs> to check out. <laughs> um, and, and that is, it's hard to say most important, but among the most important documents critical. that we create, uh, and that's a living, breathing document too, meaning that's going to change just like life changes. That's updated constantly. Uh, that has to be flexible. Um, as with our entire roadmap, our entire retirement plan that we create for you, um, the income summary, we really don't see one.
0: I've, so, never, I've never had a
1: s- anybody walk into our office with a, an income summary or an
0: income plan mm-hmm. that they've gotten somewhere else. I've had a few people that have built their own in an Excel spreadsheet, but they've left out certain components. Uh, I've had so many people come in and, and say, well, where's your inflation? Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't. I, just, I didn't. Okay. Uh, well, inflation is real. And yeah. so you better add three to 4% to your income needs every year, or maybe they left something else. I mean, you know, so it's it, it really still wasn't complete. And that's been very rare that even people have come in with that. but. To have an income plan, um, I can't tell you how many dozens of our clients have told me that gives me such peace of mind for my retirement. I don't have to worry about what the market's doing. Mm -hmm. I know where my income's coming from. The market could go to zero.
1: It won't, by the way. But it could go to zero, and it would still matter because my income's guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, Folks, uh, wrapping up, if you are curious about your own risk number or would like to discuss your own retirement, remember, we offer complimentary consultations just for you. Go to masterplanretire.com, schedule your complimentary consultation with Mark. Also, check out our events page. We've got that seminar workshop coming up, Taxes in Retirement. Mark, close us out, sir. Yeah, so on the, on the website, masterplanretire.com, is a
0: little button almost on every page that says schedule a meeting. You push that. My calendar opens up. You choose the best time for you. It could be a phone chat, a Zoom. It could be in person, whatever. Uh, but that's the best way to do it. Visit the website, mark it, and our time's up. So until we see each other again, plan well and prosper. Take care, everybody. This was Retirement Roadmap Radio with Mark Fricks of Master Plan Retirement Consultants. To schedule a complimentary consultation, go to masterplanretire.com or call 770-980-9262. Thanks for listening and remember